0: Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry, or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon.
1: And so tonight, as we continue to look at what it means to embody the fullness of Christ, and you've, the last couple of weeks, you've talked about a couple of different things. Do you remember what they are? One of them was that kingdom workers what like their king? It was about prayer. Do you remember? Talk like their king. You remember last week, right? Peter was here. You guys had the opportunity to ask a bunch of questions, and it was kingdom workers are shaped by their king. Tonight, what we're going to talk about is that kingdom workers are sent by their king. And I'm going to talk just for a couple of minutes, and then we're going to sing a bit more, and I'm excited for you to hear from Ethan because he's a real-life missionary. And let me tell you a couple things about him. He is pretty incredible because what he and his wife Audrey are doing are pretty spectacular things. The fact that he can grasp the Japanese language in a couple of years like that is mind-blowing. But he's also not that special. There's nothing about Ethan that's any different than any of us that are sitting in this room. What happens is we look at, we hear the word missions and our thoughts and our reactions about it are either I feel like it's something for me or I look at it and I view it as some sort of an optional type thing, right? Like it's something for maybe I'll do on a trip, maybe I'll do at some other point, but it's not really for me or I'll choose when I do or don't do it. The other thing that we think about missions is that it only happens where? Like over there. Like I'll go on a mission trip. The only way I do missions things is I have to leave where I am. And so I want us to look, if you have a Bible, I think we'll throw it up here on the screen. I know we're going to read it in a little bit. I just want to look at Matthew chapter 9, just a few verses, all right? Matthew chapter 9, beginning in verse 35. If you've been around the church for a while, my guess is you've probably heard these verses before. It says this, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. One particular translation of this passage at the beginning of it, the heading of it said this, and I love this, Become what you believe. When we talk about kingdom workers are sent by their king, what we're talking about is that this is something that includes everybody. Two things I want to pull out from this passage for us tonight before we hear from Ethan in just a few minutes. One of them is this. There's nothing, there's no language in any of this that says anything about it being for elite people or specialized people or just a few select people. When Jesus addresses the disciples, it's all of them. It's something that applies to every single one of them. The other thing is this, it has nothing to do with over there. It has absolutely everything to do with what he's looking at at the moment. Do you hear that in the passage? He looks at the people and he sees them and he says, these folks are hurting. They look like sheep without a shepherd. They're lost. They need someone to care for them. We ought to do something about it. Kingdom workers are sent by their king and that means it's every one of us and it means it's where we are right now will God call some of us to go someplace else? Perhaps he will. Perhaps you're like, man, I hope he does. I would love to get out of town. I'd love to go someplace else. God may give us, may give you a heart for someplace else. Here's what I also believe. He never won't give you a heart for where you are. If he has you here, he has you here for a reason. And this is the place that you're supposed to demonstrate what the kingdom is all about. Let me see if I can illustrate it this way. Uh, I grew up as an only child because my parents quit with perfection. Do we have other only children? No, I'm the only one in the whole room? That, really? No, and they didn't quit with perfection. That was a joke, but you, you missed it. You're like, you're an idiot, I am. Here's the thing. Here's the challenge of being an only child. I grew up in this thing called the stone age before video games were really popular. So I couldn't do that, which now would be a great option for an only child. So I had to play board games. Those are games that you can now play like on your iPad that used to come in a box, right? And I had to play them by myself. Yeah, awesome, super cool. Like, hey, you want to play Monopoly, Matt? Yeah, that'd be fun. I get to be the car. You're always the car, right? So it doesn't really work all that well. So one of my favorite games was Trivial Pursuit. All right? Because it was just a challenge against myself. Let's see if Matt's gotten any smarter since the last time. And I would play Trivial Pursuit. I don't know if you've ever played Trivial Pursuit before, but it's got this little like pie-shaped thing. We're going to throw a picture up. Oh, ah, Look at that. You got that little thing, and then you got these little pie pieces, and each of those represented a certain topic. Like there was a sports and leisure one, and I loved that one. And there was a history one, and I tolerated that one. And there was a science and something other stupid one, and I hated that one. I was like, I'm terrible at science. Like, ask me who created the earth. Then I get my but you would try and earn these little slices when you answered a question right. You'd try and fill this whole complete pie. And there were some of these uh, topics that I loved that I naturally wanted to go to. I wanted to answer those questions. And then there was other ones. I would only do it so that I could get this achievement. And then I was never going to land on that space again, right? Because the, the wheel is set up in a way that you could choose where you landed. And sometimes I think we look at life and even Christianity the same way. There's parts of Christianity we like. Come to church on Wednesday night, cool, I'm in, I love that. D group, awesome, totally fine with that. Sit through sermons, okay, I can tolerate that one. Go on mission trips, over my dead body. Like we look at these things and we just kind of pick and choose. I want this part, but I don't want that part. I'm okay with this thing, I'm not okay with this part. And the reality is this, that we're created to be complete, to be whole, and that serving other people, that being kingdom workers who are sent is a part of that. Whether you like it or not, whether it makes me popular or not tonight, I'm not terribly worried about. There isn't this selection part of I'm going to choose to do this part and I don't want to do that part. If you say yes to Jesus, if you're marked by him, then serving other people, especially where you already are, is a part of the requirement. So let me close with this. I'm gonna invite the band to come back up. We're gonna sing a few more songs. I wanna just simply leave you with this. A good uh, gentleman that teaches at Ozark Christian College named Shane Wood, uh, one time a few years ago taught me this and reminded me a couple of weeks ago. He has this statement that every identity has a mission. Every identity has a mission, no matter how you identify yourself, no matter what you want to be called, no matter what tag you want to put on, once you land on an identity, you immediately are given a mission. No matter what it is, you have things that you'll do because of that identity. So for us tonight, as we sit here, uh, as we listen to the challenge, even from the band, just to ponder, why are we here? What are we doing? As we get ready to listen to Ethan talk about what it's like to serve Jesus on another part of the earth, I simply want to leave you with this. If every identity has a mission and you want to be identified as a Christian, then being one who goes is a part of that identity. That to embody the fullness of Christ means that you and I share the love of Jesus with the people around us on a daily basis, because that's part of it. It's not just getting together. It's just not kingdom acquisition of knowledge. It's not kingdom observers. It's not kingdom criticizers. It's kingdom workers. It's people who are doing things for the kingdom. Why do we do that? Because kingdom workers are sent by their king. How you guys doing? That was a good song.
0: Uh, yeah, just like Matt said, my name's Ethan, and I grew up here in Web City. I went to Webster Elementary. Can I get anybody? Webster? Holler. Okay, awesome. Yeah, Webster Elementary. I actually met my wife there. Anybody else? Not yet? Okay. Yeah. We didn't get married in second grade. That was later, but yeah, we, we met in second grade. Um, I went through the whole Web City school system... All the way up through high school, graduated at Webb City High. Uh, I grew up in a Christian family, and we came here a lot. We were here a lot. When I was a senior in high school, I was a leader in the youth group. I was a captain of the soccer team. Uh, I was editor-in-chief of the school newspaper. It's very prestigious. I don't know if you know that. Yes. And I was voted best all around by the student body. And I was disgustingly prideful really bad. Um, I thought I was, I thought I was better than everyone. I don't know why I had any friends. I'm serious. Um, I was a jerk. <laughs> and just to, just to make sure that I talked to one of my friends from high school recently and asked, asked them if you could describe me in high school with one word, what would you choose? And she said, jerk. So yeah, it's official. I was a jerk. Uh, Yeah, I could think of any reason, no matter who I was with, of why I was better than them and why God was just more pleased with me than them. Um, In reality, I was terribly sinful. I had so much hidden sin and I, oh man, so much stuff that I was just ashamed of and I never told anybody. Um, I was really good at lying, lied to a lot of people but I never saw it. I just really thought, I'm better. I'm better than everyone. You know, I, I was the best Christian kid out there. But in reality, I really couldn't even care less about my classmates who didn't know Jesus because I decided oh, I'm going to graduate early because I just need to get away from these people. <laughs> uh, I, had a, I had a friend in high school, a real Christian friend, who told me, man, don't do that. Come on, you've got to stay here. And we got to tell people about Jesus. we got to do this. And you know what I told him? No, man, I don't want to do that. Like I'm out of here. And uh, ironically, I then went to Ozark Christian College. And My dad was a professor there, and everybody knew my name. And again, I was the man. And I really couldn't see any reason why I'm not just like God's favorite person. Um, so at Ozark, I hear about this need in Japan. And it's, it's less than 1% Christian. <laughs> it's crazy. There, in the city where I live, it's called Osaka, 17 million people live there. There are more people who live in Osaka than live in the four states. And there's less Christians than the population of Joplin. All right, if that kind of gives you a picture of what's going on there. But I hear about this great need in Japan, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm pretty great And that that need is probably good enough for me to go and and do that. I'm I'm a great person, so I think think that's good enough for me. My wife and I, we moved to Japan, and we go through language school. And you know what I found out? God showed me, and he's showing me still, that there are other people in the world. (laughs) Real human people besides me that he cares about. He made them. And he loves them, and he wants them to know him. I realized finally, in some small way, that God's plan is bigger than me and my little world. God's plan is global. Jesus said, we just read it, the harvest is plentiful. There, there are so many people out there who will believe in Jesus when they hear about the gospel, when they hear about Jesus. They're, just, they're out there. They're just waiting for you to tell them. God's plan is big. It is more than you. It is more than Web City or, or Carl Junction or, or the Joplin area. It's more than the dome. It's more than football. It's bigger than grades. It's bigger than what chair you sit in band. It's bigger than all those things. And Jesus said, but the workers are few. There are millions of people on this planet who are waiting to hear about their Savior. But there's this massive problem. There's a shortage of people who are going and telling them. Last year, this is crazy. Last year in Japan, the most common reason for death for people your age, 10 to 19, the most common reason for death was suicide. So right now, there's a Japanese high school student who is contemplating suicide because he doesn't know why he was created, why he exists. Who's going to go tell him? that God made him and loves him and wants, wants him to live. Okay, now, now get this. There's a Web City or Carl Junction High School student that doesn't know why they exist. Who, who's going to go tell them? Who's going to go sit by them and be his friend and, and tell them, I love you. God exists and, and he made you and he wants you to Know him and love him, and he loves you so much. In Matthew 28, Jesus says this to his disciples. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. All authority. You know what all authority means? It means nobody gets to tell Jesus what to do. It means Jesus is in charge of everything, and it means that he has the right to tell us what to do. It means Jesus is the king, right? He's the king of of everything, of heaven, of earth. It means that Jesus has more authority than your parents. Jesus has more authority than your teachers or your coaches. He has more authority than your friends. And what Jesus says matters infinitely more than anything the culture will ever tell you. No matter what it says is good or right or cool, what Jesus says is actually good, right, and cool. And anyone who says something different from what Jesus says is an enemy of the king. You don't want to be an enemy of the king. And you don't want to follow or listen to an enemy of the king. So, will you obey your king? Do you know that your king loves you? Oh, man, do you know he loves you? You know that your king died for you. He loves you. He loves you so much. And not just you, but every single other person on this planet. And he has commanded us to tell the whole world about his love. So will you obey your king? In the locker room, classroom, at home with your siblings, your parents, will you obey Jesus? we have got to get over ourselves. You've got to get over yourself and realize there are other people, real people out there and their deepest need is to hear that God loves them and he made a way for them to be friends with him forever, (laughs) forever. Before Jesus came to earth as a man and died on the cross, do you know where he was? Where was he? Yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, he was in heaven. He was surrounded by millions of angels and beings and saints who had already died, and they were all singing his praises. And he was sitting at God's right hand, ruling everything that exists. And he deserved all of that. He was in the most honored position, in the most honored place that there is. Jesus is the only person who has ever lived who the universe actually revolves around. Not me, not you. It revolves around Jesus. Everything is about him. He is God. (laughs) He is perfect. He is the stud of studs. He is the manliest of men. And he is the most compassionate and kind person ever to have walked on earth. And he, being completely worthy of his praise and honor, came here And in a way of speaking, he had compassion and he got over himself and humbled himself and died in your place for your sins because he loves you. And if you're thinking, well, yeah, I mean, he loves people, but not me. Don't believe that. Don't believe that lie. He loves you for your sins. He took the penalty that you deserve. Did you know that you deserve a penalty? And Jesus took it for you. And he rose from the dead. And now he commands all of us to tell others about the grace that we have received. So will you obey your king? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are the king. You are awesome. You are, <laughs> you are so powerful. And please just help us see it. Help us see how great you are and powerful and and good and loving and kind. And um, help us obey you. Help us know that it is good to trust you. It is good to obey you. Help us know that for every single day. And um, help us be willing to follow you no matter what. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.